You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Amen. Yeah, Steve, as Steve mentioned, uh, as Steve mentioned, I'm uh, 36, so uh, we'll keep this very short. But uh, going to turn over to Luke chapter 2, I'm going to uh, do a brief sermon that leads into communion as uh, Steve Stevenson coined the phrase a sermunion. Um, my wife hates that word, but uh, it's functional. But uh, I do want to say I'm so, so grateful for this region. I'm so, so grateful for all of you. So grateful for all the relationships that uh, many years have, uh, have built up in this region. Um, Dustin and I moved to uh, this region uh, 24 years ago this month. And uh, we were just, uh, had just gotten engaged to be married. The LA church was fairly new. Uh, Greg Moretzky, we called him to see if he would do our wedding. And in the same phone conversation, he asked us if we'd be willing to move out here to help build the church. And uh, we said, we answered the call. We said, yeah, we, we've always wanted to be missionaries. And uh, a number of our friends had already come to help build the LA church. And so we've been here in the same region ever since, 24 years. And I uh, was so thankful for the people God's put in our life through the years, uh, the different evangelists, the different elders, and the different best friendships that we've had here in the region. And so grateful for the Coastal LA staff we have right now. I uh, just feel like, I don't know if it's like, you know how every time you do a Christmas tree, you're like, this is the best Christmas tree we ever had. Um, that's kind of how I feel about the, the Coastal LA staff. This is the best staff we've ever had. Not to say anything bad about anybody that has served here in the past, but I just feel so grateful for, uh, for our staff. So grateful for the Marichis and for our partnership with them, for being able to follow them, and uh, just for the respect that they give us and the camaraderie. Uh, you know, if you know the Marichis, they make everything fun. And they make everything family. And I think that's really what the church is all about. Uh, for those of you who are younger or new to the church, uh, you know, the relationships that you're forming right now will, will become a network that kind of keeps you going through the years. So it's so, so important that you develop those deep relationships. And uh, that's really what's going to keep going. If you're visiting with us today, uh, it's so awesome to have you. Uh, this, this is the South Bay Church, uh, plus a few others. Uh, if you come back next week, we'll be a little bit smaller. Uh, but we do have an information table where we have a gift for you if you're a visitor today. And uh, we'd love for you to connect and, and find out more about our church and get a free Bible. As well as sometimes there's free baked goods there. Just if you're new, though. Um, you know, this is an awesome moment, uh, being able to be appointed an evangelist. And, uh, you know, God's timing is different than our timing. You know, I might have wanted to, to do this about 10 years ago, but it's just funny how... God always has a different plan, and I honestly would not change a single thing. You know, I'm so grateful for God. I'm so grateful for his timing. I'm so grateful for his sense of humor, even that I got so sick, because I feel like God's just, again, humbling me, helping me to rely on him. It's all good. And so we're going to be talking about that, talking about God's timing versus our timing. And I want to show you a video. Um, <coughs> excuse me. This is by a band called OK Go. They're kind of known for crazy videos that play with the nature of time. And what this video does is it takes something that happens in about four seconds and it stretches it out to about four minutes. And it's a really, really cool video. It just makes you think about time and how time can really pass in, in different ways for us and for God. And so I want to show this video and then we'll, we'll make some comments about it. We'll be looking at Luke 2. So I'll turn it over to Sherwin there. Rolling. Rolling. Ready, and action! 
nothing more lovely There's nothing more profound Than the certainty Than the certainty That all of this will end That all of this will end It's called The One Moment, but it's a really cool video, but I just wanted you to see that. And that's the title of the lesson today, The One Moment. But the idea of, of what I thought about when I saw that video is, wow, all that happened, and then you go back into it, and it's so many little moments, right? And it just made me think about how God's timing is so different than our timing. God's time scale is so different. One of the things, you know, if you know science, you know that it's been proven that uh, time is relative. That was one of Einstein's big discoveries that time does not always move the same, right? So it's part of, it's a fact of science, just like gravity is a fact. It's a fact that time is malleable. Time is different. And God is outside of space and time. And just to give you an analogy of, t of God's timescape, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm a science buff. And uh, so I wanted to show you an analogy uh, from science for the age of the earth. You know, I, uh, I believe... The earth could look like it's really old. God could have created the earth 5,000 years ago with the appearance of age, but it has the appearance of being over 5 billion years old. And when you look at the fossil record, what you find, I want to give you an analogy. I have not blown my nose on this. But if the age of the earth were a toilet, 
paper roll of about 400 sheets. I'm going to send this. To, I'm going to try sending this down the aisle. Hopefully, it'll work. Can you help that along, guys? Just send it down the aisle. Just keep throwing it down the aisle. Yeah, give it a good toss there. Oh no! Can you give me the end again? <laughs> Got to be gentle yet firm. There you go. I don't even know how long it goes, but uh, see if it'll go all the way to the, all the way out to the lobby. So an average, we'll forget, pretend this doesn't exist. This is time that God threw away. <laughs> so if this, uh, if this is uh, six billion years, about 400 sheets, how far does it go? Does it go all the way to the lobby? Still going. Okay, awesome. So <clears throat> um, basically, if, you, if this were the age of the earth, then dinosaurs began, so this is the end, right? Where we are today, we're right here. Uh, dinosaurs started 45 uh, of these in. So I don't, I don't know exactly where that is, but let's, let's guess it's like about down there on the floor. That's where dinosaurs started. Dinosaurs ended four from the end. So dinosaurs were actually here a long time. So from down on the floor to here, that was dinosaurs. Now humans have been here a, a millimeter, that much. That's how long humans have been on the earth. This is according to science. And so what science says about that is, yeah, humans aren't very important. We're one of all kinds of species that have existed a long time. To me, I go, no, that shows you how important humans are. You know, think of an athlete uh, that's competing in the Olympics. How much time goes into that one 30-second race? It's their entire lifetime to prepare for that one moment. Uh, you know, for, for those of us that have had a kid, you know, so much goes into that one moment. And that's what we're going to talk about is Jesus being born. So, so God has entered into this timescape. And, uh, and t- but just to him, I mean, imagine the, the difference in, in, in timescale that he has. So his timing is going to be different than ours. And so think about that. We'll come back to that. But as we look at Joseph and Mary in Luke chapter 2, uh, I'm not going to put this on the screen because it's a, quite a bit of reading. So if you don't uh, have a Bible just on your phone, just Google Luke 2 and you'll get it. It's really easy to get the Bible nowadays. Luke 2. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cyrus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The first thing I want to talk about is that God meets us in the moment. That's really what... The whole point of, uh, let me turn this back on here. There we go. Sorry. God meets us in the moment. That's really the whole point of this story that God, in that time scale we saw, has become human and has entered our humanity. And I don't know about you, but one of the things that really strikes me about this story is how kind of ordinary it is, how mundane it is, some of the challenges that they're going through. You ever feel like you're kind of going insane in the mundane you know, insane in the mundane, just the bills, the chores, 
sicknesses, just the, all the everyday stuff of life. It can just, I feel like I'm going crazy. You know, Christmas time can be like that. You know, oh my gosh, we haven't even started talking about the gifts yet. My wife and I just said the other day, we've had so much going on. I've had all these papers for grad school and we've had all kinds of events. And, and, uh, but, but we can go insane in the mundane. But think about being Joseph and Mary for a second. They had this, this government decree, this government thing that says you have to go register, which means pay taxes, by the way. You have to go pay taxes and register in the, your, your hometown, your city of origin for your family. So that means they got to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Now, the, the Bible just kind of glosses over that because anybody who read the, the book of Luke originally would know what that meant. But we don't know. You know, Nazareth to, to Bethlehem, that's probably around the corner. So for our sake, I googled. Nazareth to Bethlehem. And that is a walking uh, distance. And it says 35 hours. 35 hours, that's straight walking. Like you start right now and 35 late hours later you get there without even eating or using the bathroom or anything. So this is a lady who's about to give birth. You know, and, and they've got to go, they've got to make this journey? Are you kidding me? How would you feel? I mean, how, I don't know how you feel about, you know, bureaucracy and lines and having to deal with stuff. I mean, Dessa and I, we got a, a, a ticket last year because our van, um, it had a recall for something or other. So I, we paid the registration, we did the recall. We thought the, the, the dealership sent in some paperwork that was necessary for the real recall. Come to find out, they didn't. So, okay, so Dessa figures it out. She um, sends in the paperwork. Turns out the DMV didn't get it. So then they go by and they're looking at the stickers and they give us a ticket. So then we got to get the ticket fixed. So, and Dessa's taking care of all this. And by the way, with the whole evangelist thing, I want to say, you know, anything that we do, we do together. <laughs> so I feel like Dessa is... I mean, all, everything that I've ever done, she is behind the scenes uh, making it happen. So I really, really, really appreciate her. Um, so even this, I mean, Dessa went, how many times did you go to the DMV, honey? Like four times or something? Stood in line there. Then they send her, you know, for the ticket, she's got to go to Torrance Courthouse. And then she goes there. Oh, no, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be over there. So then she goes over there. Oh, no, no, you're supposed to be over there. Well, they told me to come here. You know, how many of you guys have done that kind of thing? You know what I'm talking about? So that's exactly what they're dealing with. Bureaucracy, annoying stuff. Then they get there. This blows my mind. Who doesn't let a woman about to give birth at least stay on your couch? You know what I mean? Like, they don't, there's nowhere for them to even stay. That shows you how packed the city must have been. I don't know how about you. I mean, the place that makes me struggle the most spiritually in the world is Costco parking lot. <laughs> in Torrance, California. I've been, I'm telling you, I've been to other Costco's. They're fine. I mean, the Costco where my parents live in New Jersey, I like it. It's like, this is a cool place. I hate Costco so much because I can never get a parking space and there's so many people and you can't even move your cart through the place. You know, maybe it's just me, but that's kind of what they're dealing with. All these people, there's nowhere for us even to stay. They have to stay in a cave to give birth. A cave with the animals. I don't know about you, but I'd be feeling like, where is the VIP treatment, Lord? 
I mean, I know you sent me an angel and everything, but like, is this the way you want to come into the world? Really? Like, but it just shows you that's who God is. God meets us in the mundane. God meets us in our everyday moments. Emmanuel means what? God with us. Like we sang a minute ago, God with us. He's, he didn't come to earth and go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to earth, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, you know, kind of in the Kanye, Kim Kardashian level. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to be that uncomfortable. You know, I want to have, have good stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm God. I should be able to. He doesn't do that. He was like, who's the poorest? <laughs> What's the worst situation I could come in to be born? And that's what God did. That's who God is. And so whatever it is you're going through, whatever moment you're in, God is there if you just will call on him. It's just amazing that we don't. It's amazing that we fail to recognize him. We fail to see his presence, but he's there. God with us. Second thing, any moment could be a cosmic moment. Let's keep reading. And we saw, the, we saw this acted out on stage. I'm sure it pretty, was pretty close to the, what we saw. Those guys did a great job. It said, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. How is that a sign? Because it's so unusual. A newborn baby in a feeding trough for an animal? That's why it's a sign, because it's crazy. Right? Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to each another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And that's the skit we saw. I mean, this, I'm not supposed to say skit. Gina doesn't like that word. The vignette. The sketch. Um, but, you know, for the shepherds, I, it's interesting to me, first of all, that the angels, they don't go to Joseph and Mary. Right? I would have liked to see me some angel glory. I'm in a cave. It's uncomfortable. It's smelly. My baby's lying there in hay. I would have liked to see some angel glory. They don't even get it. But these ordinary, angel, uh, ordinary shepherds who are sleeping in the field nearby, they get to see this incredible cosmic display. It's as if God can't help himself. This is so incredible what's happening. I got to tell somebody, but I'm not going to tell Joseph and Mary because that might give them, you know, too big of a head or something. They might get too, too. You know, so I'll just show these shepherds. And shepherds were like the lowly of the day. They were the blue collar workers. They were the the gardeners of the day, or the whatever you think about when you think of kind of a, a menial job, that's what they were. If you're a gardener, I'm sorry if I offended you. I, I appreciate gardeners. Um, I always mess up in some way, every time I preach. Uh, but so they got to see this incredible thing. Of, it, it was this glorious moment. And the point I want to make is that any moment, you know, our life is really a series of moments, isn't it? I mean, that's all life is. Just like that video we saw, it was all these little moments strung together. 
That's what your life is. And, and so what kind of story do you want your life to be? And, and don't you want to live a life that any moment could be a cosmic moment? We don't know what's happening in the heavenly realms. Uh, there's a guy in the Old Testament named Daniel. We're going to do a series on Daniel in the spring I'm excited about. But Daniel is a cool book because Daniel is working hard at his job. He was taken from his home, taken many thousands of miles away uh, from, from the promised land to modern day Iraq. He's serving an evil boss. He has one evil boss. Then that guy gets taken out and he gets a new evil boss. But he's just doing what he needs to do. And he prays every day and he's just asking God for help. He's consistent. And, and he gets to see what's really going on in the heavenly realms. I just want to show you a couple examples. Uh, th- these will be on the screen. Daniel 9.23, it says, The moment you begin praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. <clears throat> Isn't that so cool? The moment you begin praying, prayer opens the door. To, to, to the cosmic reality. It's like we, that's where God enters in is when we pray. Why do we not pray more? And so this angel comes, he says, the moment you begin to pray, heaven was doing something. Another one in the next uh, chapter, this other angel says, do, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you begin to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I've come in answer to your prayer, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. I'm not going to get too into this, but what we see from this is there is a spiritual battle, a spiritual war that we don't know much about. It's going on right now. So this angel comes to Daniel and says, you got an answer the minute you began to pray, but I couldn't come to answer you for a a chunk of time because I was in this spiritual battle. And, And most commentators say 21 days isn't literal. It's kind of a figurative idea. But the idea is that God's timing is different than our timing. And you know, we never know when the answer is going to come through because we don't know what's really going on in the cosmic world behind the scenes. Yep, yep. And so we got to just keep doing what's right, moment by moment, consistently doing what's right. Your everyday earthly life has eternal and heavenly con- consequences. Your everyday earthly life has heavenly implications. And so we got to, every moment by moment, give those moments to God. I want to talk about the angels for a second. And uh, my son, Marshall, pray for him. He's got 103 fever. He really wanted to be here today. But uh, he was still giving me instructions on how to run things, which was awesome <laughs> with the tech. He, he's a part of our tech stuff, and he does a great job. Um, but, uh, you know, he was telling, we were talking about the evangelist appointment, and he said, now, evangelist, uh, doesn't that mean somebody who evangelizes? And aren't we all supposed to evangelize? So aren't we all supposed to be evangelists? And I didn't really have a good answer for that. I was, <clears throat> it's a good point, son. So, um, but, it, you know, I told him it was a special role in the Bible. And we talked about Ephesians 4 and stuff. But, but it, he has a point in that evangelism is something for all of us. And I want to talk about the word evangelism for a minute because... For some of you, you might love that word. Like I say the word evangelism, you're like, oh, yes, let's go. Who could, I want to go door knocking. I want to go to the mall. I'm ready. Send me out. You know, some people are just really good at evangelism. Other people, you hear that word and you're like, oh, I feel guilty already. You just said that word. <laughs> I'm no good. You know, I have no commitment for Women's Day yet. I know it's in March. <laughs> I'm going to go stand in the circle with everybody else that has no commitments yet. Some of you guys remember that. 
But evangelism, look at the word, look at the word evangelism. What word is in the middle of it? Angel. Angel. It's the same word. It's from the same Greek word. It means you're a messenger. You're sent. The angels are heavenly messengers who are sent. Evangelism is carrying God's message. What was their message? I will bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Isn't that our same message today? I want you to repeat after me with more juice than I have. Good news. news. Great joy. joy. For all people. people. Okay, one more time because I want you to memorize that. Good news. news. Great joy. joy. For For all people. That's what our message is. So over the holidays, think about who can I be an angel to? I'm not trying to sell shoes. I'm not trying to get somebody to, you know, sign up for a club. This is good news of great joy. Your sins can be forgiven. You can have real relationships. You can have help in your marriage. You can have instruction with how to parent a teen. You can get, I mean, you can have friends that know the real you and still like you. I mean, this is incredible. And when we go to heaven, when we die, we get to go to heaven. We get to have, you know... why, who would not want this? That's what Jesus says. He tells these stories. It's a banquet by the richest king you've ever imagined. And he invites people and they go, oh, no, I got something else to do. It's like, what? That doesn't even make any sense. But that's what it is. It's good news of great joy for all people. They just, people's eyes need to be opened. So that's our job as angels of God is to help people understand the good news of great joy. Okay, I got to move forward. Last point. Every moment counts. Every moment counts. Uh, Luke two sixteen. it says, So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I love that verse, verse 19. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Isn't that so a mom right there? You just kind of keep all these moments. You know, there'll be times Dustin will be like, yeah, I remember when this happened with the kids or whatever. I'm like, gosh, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> She's just so, but that's, that's moms. You know, just ponder those moments. And, and why do we even know this story? Because Mary told Luke about it. And Luke wrote it down for all of us. She remembered all these details. She remembered the shepherds coming and, and, and they told them about how they'd seen this angel. And, oh, wow, how cool. I saw an angel. And, you know, which one was it? Was it Gabriel or Michael? Or, I, you know, I don't know. But Mary treasured up these moments. And, you know, God's timing is different than our timing. As I mentioned, if, if it hadn't happened this way, the scripture wouldn't have been fulfilled that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And then there, there's other things that are fulfilled, like uh, there's other, other, uh, another scripture that says God would bless the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. That's where Nazareth is. And that these people in darkness in that area have seen a great light. So both are fulfilled. Jesus is from Nazareth, but he's born in Bethlehem. In fact, um, once Jesus began his ministry, there, there's this argument that's recorded in John about Jesus, and they're saying, oh, no, he can't be the Messiah. The Messiah is from Bethlehem, not from Nazareth. So th- what are you even telling us that he's the Messiah for? Because they, they didn't know. They didn't do their homework. They didn't realize he was born in Bethlehem. 
So God is always working. God knows what he's doing. It's a matter of us trusting in him. So again, our lives are a series of moments, one moment by moment, just like in that video we saw. What kind of story do you want to tell with your life? And I want to show a few few verses that kind of refer to this um, and just talk about them real briefly. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So there's a there's a good thing about kind of living in the moment. Living in the moment has a bad connotation, like, oh, I don't care. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Seek first his kingdom. So right now you go, okay, what is God doing now? What can I do now to serve his kingdom? I don't understand what's going to happen tomorrow. Because can, we can get consumed with tomorrow. But, but Jesus says, tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. And he taught us, Luke 11, give us this day our daily bread. You never notice that? Jesus didn't say... Pray that God will feed you for the rest of your life. It's just today. Here's what I have today, God. It's a daily relationship with God. It's a moment-by-moment relationship with God. It doesn't matter what you did in the glory days. Who cares about the future? What are you doing right now? How is God working in your life right now, moment-by-moment? Take captive every thought, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says. Is that not moment-by-moment? And that's so much the spiritual battleground. You just... It's thought by thought. You get on a train of lust or a train of negativity or a train of faithlessness or whatever. Take those thoughts captive one time, and one by one. I love this one. We talked about this with the worship team this morning. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This, again, it means moment by moment. You're, you're, you get to Bethlehem. There's nowhere to stay. Well, I guess, I guess you could stay in that cave where the donkeys are. You know, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I pray that this works out. I pray the baby comes safely. I give thanks. You know, whatever the situation is, it's moment by moment. That's the battle. And then this, one more verse here. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, what? Sins. This verse is not meant to guilt you out. Oh, I can imagine so many things I ought to do. This verse is meant, the context is James says, your life is a mist. That appears for a little while and then vanishes. So, so don't be boasting about these things you're going to do. Do what you need to be doing in a spiritual sense. If there's good you know you ought to be doing, that's what you should be doing. Like moment by moment, putting these spiritual uh, steps together. Don't click. If you know the good you ought to do, don't click. Remind me later. <laughs> I know we've... <laughs> update, update your software. Remind me later. Remind me later. Remind me later. We can do that spiritually. You know, God's trying to get, get, remind me later, remind me later. Okay, this verse I want to look at together as we kind of close out our thoughts. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Sowing, you get the idea, it's, it's, it's putting in the hard work. You can't mock God. And, and there are those here right now who are trying to mock God. Let's just be honest. There are those who are like, well, I want to be a disciple because I like all the good news, great joy for all people stuff. But I still, I don't want to change my life. I don't want to give up this. I don't want to give up that. I don't want to be open about what's really going on. I, I want to kind of try to ride the fence. And you can't do that. God, God knows everything. God knows every little moment of your life. He knows every thought. He knows every hair on your head, the Bible says. So you can't mock God. So, so why try? Uh, so, so instead, we need to 
keep doing good. And, and we don't see results right away. When do we see results, does that scripture say? At the what? At the proper time. Whose timing? Our timing? God's timing. We never know what God's timing is. And so we got to trust God in his timing. Uh, and, and, you know, it says to those, we will rip a harvest if we do not give up. That's the whole Christian life is don't quit. And as we look around, you know, we all know there are people as, as big as this room is. It's awesome to have the room totally filled. Um, there is this many plus who used to be a part of this ministry who aren't following God anymore. And so, you know, that could be you. I, I just appeal to you, never, ever, ever, ever give up. No matter how hard it gets, no matter what you don't understand, no matter if it doesn't seem like God's answering, it doesn't seem like God's working in my life, where is God? Well, where, find a, a passage in the Bible, find a story of a godly man or woman where everything just, they just knew all along. Oh, God is here, God is doing it. I mean, Joseph and Mary, like we just talked about, Daniel, okay, I'm getting thrown in the lion's den. Thanks a lot, God, you know, like, God came through. But you never know. I mean, I like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're like, God is able to save us. But even if he does not, we're not going to bow down to your idol. Okay. You know, we got to have that heart of, I will not quit. I will never give up. And, you know, Christmas is a great time to reach out to those who have given up. Because it's kind of a homecoming time. And so if you know somebody who used to be a part of our church, I just want to give you a challenge to send a call, give a call, give a text, thinking about you, miss you, how's it going? I mean, not like, okay, well, you come to midweek. Just, just, how's it going? What, tell me about your life. What's going on? You know, just, God will work through those connections. But we can't, like, cut people off because they're not here anymore. And so uh, if every one of us did that, God's going to work through that this time of year. God's timing is not our timing. Um, I want to tell a story here, and then we'll look at one more verse for communion. Um, when, uh, years ago... Um, I had been a songwriter, writing songs, but I'd never written songs for the church. But I decided I wanted to start writing a couple songs for the church. We were singing all a cappella then. And um, honestly, part of it was I was kind of tired of some of the songs we were singing. <laughs> so, and, um, so like the, the song Sanctuary. I liked that song again, but I got tired of it back then because yeah, we sang it all the time. So I was like, what's a song I could write uh, that would be like Sanctuary? So I... I I wrote a couple of songs for the church, and one of the first ones I ever wrote was this one called I Need Your Love, and it's kind of like Sanctuary uh, in that it's like a prayer. But I, it was based on Jeremiah uh, 17, this, the tree by roots uh, by, that puts its roots by a stream and just depending on God. So we had this regional service, and it was at Carson Community Center, and so I was able to get the, the go-ahead to teach this song to the region. And so we were going to close the day out with learning this song. So I had gotten some software and I made the sheet music. I couldn't figure out how to, you couldn't, it, it was a while back, so the software didn't let you put the lyrics in. So I had to handwrite each lyric, you know, under each note. And it spent a lot of hours on it. And then I went and photocopied, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these, laid them out on all, I came early, laid them out on all the s- seats. And, uh, you know, as things go, <laughs> the service is going a little bit long. And, uh, you know, as it's getting longer and later, it's, it's like the decision's made, okay, we're not going to have time to learn that song. Sorry, we, you know, we're not going to do it. And I remember in that moment feeling like, okay, it's, it's going to take five minutes, you know, like I put so much time into this. I put so much effort into this. And we, who knows when we'll be together again? Who knows if I'll have this opportunity again? It's just kind of a waste, all this time spent on this song. In that moment, that's how I felt. But I just remember going, whatever. I mean, you know, if God wants this song to be used, this song will be used. 
And uh, a few months ago, uh, Pat Achia posted this, uh, this video on my Facebook page, and it just blew me away. I want to show this for you, to you. tears, I was like, wow, I mean, I don't even know what language that is. I think it's Chinese. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that song's been sung in Russian and, and Spanish, and you just, I mean, God had a different timing than I did. And it, and it became, you know, God used that song in a way that it wasn't about me. People don't even know I wrote it or whatever. You know, it was just like, it's his own thing. It's not about me. And I, I think that's so much what I get from the story of Joseph and Mary. It's not about Joseph and Mary. It's not about the shepherds. It's about what God was doing in that moment. And that's how God works. God tests us. God, but, but if we stay faithful, man, God can do amazing things through us. But often his timing is different. His timing is different. But God meets us in the moment. You never know when an ordinary moment could become a cosmic moment. We can't understand God's timeline, but we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And spiritual habits pay off in eternal ways. Uh, we're going to pray for communion looking at this passage. Again, one more verse on time. It says, you see, at just the right time, just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Just the right time. God knows what he's doing, and God sees and knows each one of our hearts. And let's think about that as we pray for communion. God, thank you for being with us. Thank you that Jesus in the manger means God with us. God, we don't understand the big picture sometimes. And I know in this room there are people who are going through different moments. Some of us might be having a fantastic time in life right now. Others of us, it might be the hardest time we've ever faced right now. But God, help us to trust that you hold the big picture, that your way works, that your timing is perfect, that your promises will always stand, that your love never fails. Help us to trust in that. And, and just at that, as that verse says, that your love is made perfect because at the perfect time you died for us to pay the price for our sin. Help us to really celebrate that uh, in this moment that we take right now with you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.